Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hello, Susan. Hey, Guthrie. Yeah, so uh, today's topic is scenarios, a UX classic, and I should say a UCD classic. A UX classic. You pronounced them scenarios. That's really interesting. Uh, you didn't say scenarios. Uh, so, I just th- I so, so what? Okay, so opera. Opera? Yes. What do you call an A R I A? An aria. Okay, so. <laughs> so it's. So it's scenario. No, I definitely. All right, so we're gonna have this problem. Like aria. So we're gonna have this problem all through the the rest of this episode because I'm gonna say scenario and you're gonna say scenario. That's like you say to me. I I've always um for some reason preferred UK spellings of stuff and pronunciations. Not not that I do it consistently, but there are no, definitely you don't do it consistently. But there are definitely some uh, no, not even close. But there are definitely some um, some like like I'd I'd still say aluminum. Like color or behavior. Well, I I like to spell color like the British version. Uh, well, what do you say? What I mean, I say I just say color. No, but what was the other thing you said? You like? Oh, to I say... definitely say aluminum. Like I don't aluminum. say like aluminium. <laughs> which is the British pronunciation. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, but there there are a couple strange. Couple things. Yeah. Okay. Yes, well, for sure. Well, we're going to have an entire podcast episode where we're going to pronounce it differently so, then. Yes. But maybe we'll try, try not to probably switch back word. and forth. I'm probably not all consistent right. at all. So, do you know, Guthrie, what a scenario is? Um, you know, yes, of course I do. In terms of user experience design. Nope. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, now that we've gotten that out on the table. Uh, First of well, all, what, okay. Yeah. So I yeah. know that there's a UCD process, right? User, and do you know what UCD stands for? Uh, user-centered design. Hey, good. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes, there is a you you know about user centered design, and you brought that up because you think that has something to do with scenarios. Um, it's not a trick question. You can you know, just answer the question. Well, so I'm assuming that no. How about you just give me the definition? I don't want to sound dumb. I don't have a definition. I don't have a specific definition in mind. I mean, I can just so I just go for it. Should look that up. Um, okay. A scenario is a brief description of how you expect your target user group to use your interface that you're designing to get a specific task accomplished. Okay. Um, So there are, and and I tried to choose my words carefully there, and I may not have done a great job at it, but um, there are, 
To me, there are some very key elements of, of what was in that definition and what a scenario is and what it isn't. Um, but perhaps we should first talk about, you know, why, well, you tell me, you want me to go into that in more depth? You want me to give an example? Or do you want me to talk about why I think scenarios are so critical in the design process? Um, let's start there. Okay. So when you are designing uh, something, and that something can be anything. Let's say when you're designing a, an experience, right? Whether that's a physical experience in the real world, whether that's a, a software experience, app experience, you know, any kind of technology experience. You, what you get to this point where you have to do the design. You know, you have to put something on a screen or a page, you have to make a decision about what's going to happen next. And it's very easy to get lost in one of two places. One, you get lost at because you're at too high a level in your thinking. And so which is a problem for a lot of organizations. You're not you're not thinking clearly about the micro moment. You're thinking about the macro, mm-hmm. or you get lost in the micro moment, and you're not thinking enough about the context of where the person is and what they're doing and why they're doing it and what happened before and what's going to happen next because you're just in the micro moment. And we've talked before on another podcast episode, I believe, about micro and macro moments. And, um, and, and, th- and they're both important. But what a scenario does is it is in that middle space where it allows you to stay focused on what you're designing right now, but also gives you some context about what else is going on uh, for the for the user when they're doing this one little thing? Mm-hmm. So if you if you have if you don't if you haven't m- described and mapped out, I, I'm trying not to use the dreaded word document. If you haven't mapped out the scenarios, if you don't have specific scenarios to work from. It's really easy to get lost, either in macro or in micro. And the quality and the usefulness uh, and the optimization of the interface can suffer. So I, I have found them in my design work over the years to be extremely useful um, in that way. And there's another way in which they are useful. Okay. Do, would you like to know what that is? Uh, is it, does it have something to do with um, speed? No. Oh, okay. Then no. <laughs> you don't want to know? Or no, you don't know. But I don't like know. know. Well, the other way that they're useful is that if you can come together with your team, whoever that is, including like 
the what we like to call the stakeholder or the person or people who are footing the bill for the project and who you have to make happy, um, including and, and then your other team members and your other designers and developers or and anybody else that you're working with. If all together you guys can agree on what are the 7, 10, 12 most important scenarios for, for the user, then you have, I mean, that is just such a huge thing. You've, you've, when you've done that, and, you, and we'll talk, you know, I'll give some examples of what a scenario is. I was going to say, you, yeah, you should definitely do that because that will definitely be useful. But when you, so I'll do that in a moment. But when you have your set of scenarios done, you've pretty much mapped out what's the most important stuff that needs to get designed in order for this product to be a success. Mm. So it's a, a wonderful way to get at that, a really practical way. And uh, it, it just serves you for the whole rest of the project if you, do, if you nail those scenarios. So I consider the whole, the scenarios really critical to the design process. So you want an example, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I, I'll make one. I'll make one up on the spot here. Do you want to give me a software or app or experience example? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, how spe- how broad or specific do I need to be? Well, just give me one, and I'll tell you if it's too broad or too specific. Give me one. What? Give me a, give me the the, the thing we're designing that I'm gonna give you an example scenario for. Like, is it like? You yeah. Know, okay. I got it. We I got it. Yeah. Uh, we're I'm designing the corporate site for a large coal company. <laughs> we <You> are. <laughs> we do coal. You do coal. And Would you mine coal or what? All of it. Yeah, we mine it. You coal. We whatever. sell it, process we ship it, it, sell it, whatever you do, you're we, coal. You know, when you think coal, think us. Okay, so an example scenario. So you know, scenarios uh, assume. Was that was that a, was that decent? That that's really big. So I'm going to bring it down. Okay, that's, scenarios that's, that's assume. Too broad. No, that's all right. Scenarios assume a particular. Uh, target audience or audiences and one of the things we can talk about before we're done if you want is um, is how you map your target audiences if you have more than one uh, with your scenarios I call it the target audience scenario matrix Um, but it does assume that there's a particular target audience. So you gave me that you're developing uh, the website. Is this the website, the corporate yeah, website? Yeah, yeah. For the, this coal company. Yes. And so now could you, in order for me to come up with an example of a scenario, can you give me, uh, uh, tell me what one of the target audiences is? No, um, we have a lot of target audiences. Well, just pick one. for. Uh, we, uh, you know, we... Uh, 
at, at, at the coal company, um, you know, we need the best uh, and brightest. And so we definitely want people to, uh, you know, we have trouble attracting young, mm. interesting talent uh, to come move to, to come Western um, uh, Pe- Pennsylvania, where we have our corporate headquarters. Uh, and and we, we, you know, we want people to, we want these people to be excited about the prospects of um, their future in coal. Okay. And like right. apply for a job. All right. So one of the target audiences then is someone who might be interested in a job. Yes. And is coming to the website in order to, in, perhaps in response to a particular ad they saw, you know, on, on one of the recruitment sites or whatever, right? So now if we're talking about a scenario, now, uh, you know, a scenario, as I said, involves a particular target audience and it involves them doing a particular thing at with the product as it after it has been redesigned or designed all right so now we're going to assume that we have this wonderful uh, place at the website where um, people who are interested in working for a company are going to land for you know however they got there mm-hmm and there's something that they want to do. So an example scenario might be, uh, uh, Gene um, uh, is interested in finding out about uh, a particular job opportunity at Coal Is Us company. <laughs> that he uh, he heard about. And so he uh, uh, clicks on a link that takes him to um, a, dis- a job description uh, for that position. He reads, uh, he checks out the job description and then also decides to uh, get some background about the company and after he's done those two things he decides to go ahead and uh, uh, apply for the job okay so that's a scenario how so, are um how are scenarios different from personas okay uh, actually, not exactly the question I thought you were going to ask next, but that's 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 a good one. So a persona describes the person. A persona would tell us about Gene. Like, um, you know, does he know anything about the company? Has he worked in coal before? Uh, is he just out of college or is he an experienced, you know, worker in the industry? Um, how old is he? Uh, what's important to him in looking for a career? And so on. So personas describe the target audience. Scenarios um, kind of, they do assume that somebody knows <laughs> who, who, what target audience Gene is with and, and, every, and all that stuff knows, you know, that there is a persona that exists. Scenarios uh, instead of describing Gene, who Gene is, they describe what Gene is going to do at 
with, with the product to accomplish a particular goal, which in this case we could call it the uh, check out and apply for a job scenario. Right. And um, so, that, so that's the difference between a persona and a scenario. Okay. What other question do you have for me? Oh, do continue. Well, I thought you were going to ask me what's the difference between a scenario and a task analysis. No, I was not going to. I don't know. I feel. Um, I feel like that's it. That actually is a better question. No, it's. These are all good questions. But okay, that, what's the difference between a scenario and a task analysis? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, oh, yeah. a task analysis is where you would take a scenario. So when I gave you that scenario, right, I don't remember exactly what I said, but, you know, Gene has heard about the job at this company. He's interested in checking it out. He goes to the website, blah, 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 right? The description I gave you was what, maybe five, six sentences long, you know, short paragraph? Mm-hmm. And that was it. So I didn't tell you about exactly what he clicks on first. I didn't tell you that he scrolls down. I didn't tell you that he looks at the list of all the positions and then chooses one and then looks at that and then goes back and picks another one. I didn't tell you that when he finds a position he likes, he uh, uh, fills out the, the form and attaches his resume, right? I mean, I didn't say all that stuff. I just told you at a very high level what Gene wants to do when he goes to the website to check out a possible job. It's, it's a much higher level. Task analysis is that detail level. Task analysis is, okay, you know, what is the likelihood you're that... You're analyzing the tasks that... Pardon? Ha- you're analyzing the tasks that have to happen? Yeah, and a- you're, you're describing the order in which they happen, you're describing the likelihood. I mean, when we should do a, another podcast episode on task analysis, and we will. I promise we will, because it's actually one of my favorite topics. Really? Um, it, oh, yeah. Mm. I can totally, you know, get very nerdy about all this stuff. And <laughs> uh, were you, did you say really, like, facetiously? Or were you really asking? Um. You're not even sure. Uh, I'm not even sure. Well, I mean, we, you know, we have, a, I mean, we teach, I've, I have taught classes, uh, and we have an online video class on how to do all this stuff. We have one that's uh, on user research, which is about persona scenarios and task analysis, among other things. So we go into this stuff in great detail. But I, I'd love to do a podcast episode about task analysis. But task analysis is at a much more detailed level. And that's important, too, and we can talk about why that's important and why you need to go to that level. But, you know, that's, we'll save that for another episode, uh, unless we run out of things to talk about <laughs> scenarios. <laughs> and then we can talk in more detail about task analysis. I think we'll make but it. But it's a really important distinction that scenarios are at a higher level. So they're at this in-between level. I mean, because it wouldn't be enough if you just said, uh, people are going to go to the website and look for a job. Okay. Like that's, like, that's not enough. 
that doesn't give me, um, doesn't tell me who the, you know, which person is doing this, and it does, it just doesn't give me enough information about what they are expecting. So it's got a little bit more detail, but then it doesn't have so much detail that I'm going to get bogged down in all the detail. Because what I want to be able to do is I want to have the set of scenarios. Like I said, you know, five, seven, ten, twelve scenarios that when I look at all of those scenarios, I have, I know uh, what are the main things that people want to do with this product that, and what are the main things that I have to make sure that those things in particular are really optimized for that audience. Mm. And I want to be able to see that like, you know, kind of at a glance. Like I'd like to, you know, if someone wrote the 5, 7, 10, 12 scenarios on a big whiteboard in the room, we could look at them all at the same time, you know? Yeah. Which, if you had a detailed task analysis for each one of those, you couldn't look at it all at the same now, time. Now, you're a big proponent of of working in large spaces with other people, with like, uh, with like physical object, like physic, like paper, cl- paper, like uh, uh, note cards and sticky notes. I am, and the and the reason I am is that in my experience, what makes for a successful um, design or a successful, well, let's back up. What makes, and you know, I've trained and worked with um, thousands, thousands of UX slash UI designers over the years. I mean, really, it's literally thousands. And I've worked with uh, people who were just beginning. I've worked with experts that had been doing this for decades. I've worked with people who were really good at it and people who, frankly, weren't very good at it. And uh, I've thought about this a lot. And one of the things that makes for um, a really good UX designer is and this actually uh, I've I heard someone talk about the fact that this is actually a trait of people who are highly creative in general, the ability to zoom in and out between the detail and the high level constantly, to go to zoom in and get and work on something really small and detailed, and then to zoom back out and look at it at a high level and then go back in, and then go back out, and in and out, and in and out. And um, if you can't do that very well, either because you're just the kind of person that doesn't like that back and forth, uh, or you're the kind of person that isn't very good at the back and forth, or because you don't have the tools that allow you to go back and forth like that, if you can't do that, you're not going to have a very good design. 
And what these physical tools, you know, like the whiteboard space or the cards or anything else, they, they make that much easier. I mean, if I have to just hold that all in my head, I can't, right? We know that our, our, we're limited. You know, we know that we can only deal with three or four things at a time. And I'm probably going to have, I might have more than three scenarios. So I can't just hold them in my brain. Plus, even if I could... I, you know, I got. I'm doing other things with the scenarios. I'm talking to someone. I'm thinking about design. I'm sketching. So even, you know, I, it's just not going to work to just hold it in my memory. On the other hand, if I have it in a document, you know, on the screen in front of me, and I have to scroll, I'm still not. It's not there in front of me, right? I yeah. have to do something to bring it back up. So. If you have them on note cards and they're laying out on the table in front of you, then you have them readily available. If you have them on a whiteboard, they're readily available. You need all of them. You need to literally be able to see all of them at the same time. Now, obviously, you know, your central vision isn't going to focus on all of them at the same time, but you need them there so that you can quickly scan, you know, look at one, look at another, look at another. It's really, you know, it's these little things that can make a big difference in in the quality of your design and your ability to stay focused and still zoom out. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a huge believer in setting up your environment for that. I mean, I've some of the best designs I've ever done were done um, because the team was able to take over. You know, sometimes called a war room, right? We were able to take over a big conference room for War a period. Uh, yeah, that's what we. That's, that's what it's great. called. You know, that's what it's called, right? I know. Yeah, take over a war room for like you know, a, a several weeks, if not several days slash weeks slash months, depending on how big a project it was. Meaning, we could leave our stuff up, and but and you know, the walls would just be covered you know with the whiteboard would be covered and there'd be you know uh, um, large sheets of paper taped up and as we you know as we documented our personas and our scenarios and you know task analysis or anything else and so that it was always available um, in the room and that's where we that's where we did our design. You know, mm. we met there to to do our design, and and that that's some of the you know best work best work that I've ever done or I've ever seen other people do is when you can have that around you. Well, so, so I mean, because I I just want to talk briefly. I think the biggest yeah. problem people have with the UCD process in, in general, from an outsider looking in. Is, yeah. is that uh, generally they find that it it uh, there's no time for it. No time, no budget, no energy. And I think a big reason is that especially in a large corporation or a corporate structure, the ability to have all the correct people in the room with all the relevant information that they need in front of them at the same time so they can do that in and out just it's just it's it's near impossible to do and then it just gets floundered in corporate purgatory forever 
And then it just yeah. never goes anywhere. And then they're like, oh, well, it doesn't work. Well, and I think We're this switching is why... to Agile. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Although Agile requires that you get the team together <laughs> as well. Well, that's um, well, that's why it works because because li- because like, but it's like part of the rules. Like you can't do Agile unless everyone is like, you know, like like there's 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 unless you can Agile get the team canon, together. Yeah, right. Like like yeah. like as integral part of the Agile process is basically force smashing people together in ways that can break um, corporate culture structure, which is why I think it's so, in some organizations, it works so well. Um, Yeah. And UCD, (laughs) it's user-centered design. Yes. And it really should be SCD, which is structure-centered design. I don't know. No, because, well, because UCD, the whole thing is about the user, but it's not about the process of coming up with that. That's true. And so if you have a bad process, then you never get to the user. Well, and, you know, it's interesting because I think one of the things that that, um, developed somewhere along the way was this idea that uh, you should, I'm trying to remember who, who advertises this, but. You know, you have a workshop to do the design. And you get everyone together, right? And it, you're going to do it in three days or five days. And when, you come at, when you're done, you're going to have the whole thing, you know, designed and prototyped and even tested. And, you know, basically that's, it's like, well, yeah, that's nothing new. That's just getting the team together. To me, it was like, yeah. Of course, you're going to get the team together and you're going to work on it. I mean, I get, you know, does it doesn't have to be done in five days. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's – and you don't ha- always have to have the whole team together. Uh, you know, but certainly if you had personas and you had scenarios and, you know, people – individuals could work on task analyses, individuals could work on prototyping and then come back. But there is this um, – but there really, you know, there's there's nothing that really replaces getting a team together, a small team at least, and agreeing on what are these scenarios. I, and I think that's critical because the fights that you get into later are because someone, uh, typically someone who's important and who has a, you know, like a stakeholder or has a say in what happens, someone wasn't involved in an early process and is essentially coming up with a new scenario or disagreeing with a scenario. I mean, even if, you know, even if you don't have scenarios done, that's really what's going on. Yeah. And I, I just find, you know, as you're going through the design process, you know, it's funny because people, I think people forget why we do and the stuff we do during the design process. It's almost like they think you're, you, you're just supposed to do it. Like there's a, there's a set of physical laws that say you must go through this process. And so that's why you go through them because it's, you know, or, or you'll go to jail if you don't or something. But the, the process is to protect you and help you from yourself. The process is to prevent problems like, you know, right before the product 
is due to be released, an important person says, but that's not, you know, we don't need that. What we need instead is this. And, and then you're back at square one. I mean, that, you know, that's, you don't want that. So if you've, if you've all, if you've taken what could be a few minutes, it could be more, but it doesn't have to take a long time to come up with the scenarios. And everyone agrees that those are the important scenarios. You know, that's, that'll prevent a lot of problems later on. And it's not to say that you can't adjust the scenarios. Like you realize that you left one out or you realize that these two are really the same and let's merge them or, you know, you can do that as well. It's not like they're cast in stone and can't be changed. But just the fact that you, that you have them is, is extremely helpful. So um, one of the things I like to do uh, when people are, and, and, you know, to me, scenarios are like easy. I've done a gazillion of them. But then when I teach classes and I have people come up with scenarios, they, they get, you know, it's really interesting to me what they, uh, they, they don't get it initially. So um, what would you guess, Guthrie, are some of the pitfalls? What are some of the things that people do? wrong when they're creating a scenario they create a task analysis yeah they have way too much detail in there yep uh or they don't specify you know which target audience it is uh or it's too general right Mm -hmm. um or they never say what the here's a one that, that I get a lot. Um, they never say exactly what the person is doing with the product. Like they'll tell you all about Gene. You know, Gene is an experienced engineer. He's you know worked this blah 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 blah. Uh, you know he likes. He likes a job with a lot of challenge. You know, it's like, but they never get to the point where they say what he's going to do with the product you're designing. Like, that's really important. What is that interaction? What is that, you know, what is he doing when he comes to use this product? Or or even, like I said, a physical space, right? It doesn't have to be a product. You could be, could be doing scenarios for designing a museum or a store or something mm-hmm. uh and they but they never get to that part so you know all about gene and what's important to him but you don't have any information on what he's going to do when he gets there so that's another mistake that people make um what other mistakes do people make with scenarios that's probably oh they describe how people do it now like with the current product they're using instead of the new one you're designing. Mm-hmm. And that um, there's a place for that, by the way. It's called a current task analysis as opposed to an optimized task analysis. But that's not a scenario. So, um, all right. Now, there's another big mistake that people make with scenarios. And I bet... I'm going to bet you can't guess what this is. Do you want to even try? 
<laughs> no. Come on, I gave you a challenge. Uh. Okay, so give me the give me the full the question then. All right, we've talked. We've been talking about some of the mistakes or errors that people make when they're uh, uh, writing up their scenarios that then make the scenarios less helpful in design. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about too much detail and uh, about what the person's doing, so it's really a task analysis. We've talked about not enough detail. We've talked about the fact that they describe the, the current situation, not the future. We've talked about the fact that they never get around to describing how the person is actually going to interact with the product you're designing. There's one other big mistake that people make, and I wondered if you knew what it was, and I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. This mistake is particularly uh, uh, prevalent if the people in the room working on the scenarios are... uh, developers you know programmers people who actually implement create products not just design them that's a big hint yeah if you can guess what the so what is the mistake that people make uh they try and shoehorn what exists or what can be made into what the scenario is no, actually, that's not what I was thinking, but that's a good one. That's another error. Thank you. Yeah, but that's not what I was thinking of. Um, that's... Uh, they... Um, they... <laughs> uh, yes. uh, uh, I don't know. You want me to save you? Yeah. They describe what the system is going to do rather than what the human is going to do. I think I, that's what I said. Oh, you did? Is that, is that, like, they, maybe. I e- thought. Explain what that means. Well, okay, so, so if you think about the example scenario I gave you, right? Jean is interested in finding out about possible job at the coal, at We Are Coal. Uh, he goes to the website uh, through a URL that he found at another site and uh, looks at the, uh, uh, the possible jobs and decides to uh, apply for one online. Okay? So I'm basically telling you what Jean is doing. Now, implied in that is all kinds of stuff that the, you know, computer is doing, that the code is doing, that the software program is doing, but I don't describe any of that. Oh, I think I see the distinction. Okay. Yeah, and this is also, this gets, this is maybe even, maybe even more important when you get into... um, task analysis but it's a really common thing in scenarios for people to go off and so so they might say things like um, uh, Gene comes to the website and uh, the site shows him a list of jobs and he chooses a job and then the site uh, filters blah 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 blah, blah, blah 
and shows him the blah, blah, blah uh, job description. And then, um, uh, uh, you know, he, he uh, enters his uh, ID and password, and the system verifies whether he's been in the system before, right? And checks to, the system checks to see if his resume is on file, right? Do you see where I'm going? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm getting into more detail than you would in a scenario, but... So we, but, we, we did say the same thing, but essentially you're, 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 con- you're constraining yourself to the realities of the situation, which is well, a, which is a developer centric process versus yes, well and that but see to me to me that that's user. slightly different because that I, I to me those are two different things. There's the yes, there's the idea of uh, you know I could write a scenario and it, and you could say oh well we can't do that you know we don't we we can't do that. Like our technology won't let us do that. And that's what I thought you were saying, which is also another error. Um, it could be an error. I mean, you have to, you know, you have to decide how much you want to be constrained by the current. But the, then and an additional error is that you veer off from talking about what the user is doing and you start talking about what the system is doing. Mm. And that's a... Um, you know, there's all kinds of assumptions. What I usually say to people is, look, there's all kinds of assumptions in these scenarios about what the system can or can't do, will do, won't do. And that's all really critical, but not now and not (laughs) for this group. And that's why all the, all the, all the, I mean, and I think that is some of the reason why when the UX person walks into the room, all the developers glare at them. <laughs> right? It, it, right? Yeah, that's that's ab- like the thing, absolutely. right? They're, where they're like, okay, so they're going to come in and then there'll be like this thing. And the developers are like, well, there's like no system for that. And how are we going to code yeah, that? Right. We don't, there's no back end. And that would require, you know, we, we're, we're going to need an API. And like, it's like a whole, right? <laughs> and, that's, and that's all. Re- and I'm not saying it's not important. That, you know, there's so many levels on which... There's so many things that are within that statement you just said. So first of all, when you're designing scenarios or task analysis or any of the stuff, sketching, prototyping, any of it, you have to make a decision at the beginning. Are we doing blue sky or are we doing uh, uh, working with uh, reality and constraints as we know them? And there's something to be said for both. So there are times, so before we do scenarios, you know, I will always ask that question. It's like, are we, you know, can can we, uh, do we have to work with the existing constraints as they are now known? Or in this exercise, do you want to have a little more freedom so that we can see what an optimal situation would be? And then we'll work back from that. And, and so you have to decide that. And uh, there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Believe it or not, uh, I don't mind working with constraints. I mean, we, you know, the, the research shows that um, people actually are more creative with some constraints than they are with no constraints at all. So I, I don't mind, you know, some constraints. And, and that's why I want the, 
you know, people who know the constraints in the room, right? Mm -hmm. So that we can say, is this possible? Is it impossible? Is it possible, but, you know, expensive? Like what, you know, how, how far off the rails have we gone here? And then somebody at some point, and it's not me, it should be a business stakeholder, has <laughs> so, to make someone else. The, well, yeah, but I, yeah, I'm the I'm the you I'm the designer. Uh, someone has to, you know, if I if I've if I am veering off what they want to do, they you know they have to say nope, we're not doing that. On the other hand, you know, you're right. There's it's really easy to just sit there and say no, 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 no. And sometimes you got to push a little. So that's, you know, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole other dynamic going on. Mm. But you don't want, you don't want when you're doing, either way, either way, you don't want the scenario to devolve into what the system is doing, whether it's the constrained system or a free system. You don't want that. That's not what the scenario is. And the reason this used to get confused, and I think it might not be as bad now, is because of something that was around for a very long time, um, and I don't know how much it's still in use now, uh, and it's called a use case scenario. I know you like those. Oh, no, I don't like those. Oh, you don't like them? No, use case scenarios, no, no, no. They they were the bane of my existence oh, okay. years ago. So what, are you, so, back, all right, so everybody thinks that agile is like new, um, Agile's not new. It, it, many, many years ago, there was a whole design process called Rational. It was actually software called Rational, based around the design process called Rational. I didn't think it was very rational, but um, and it was all about. Uh, it, it was it was largely an, uh, a precursor to what we think of as Agile now. But it was really a very important part of it was use case scenarios, which might still be part of the work that's going on. I don't know. If you guys are using use case scenarios out there, you got to let me know. So use case scenarios were very, very specific um, descriptions of uh, the in the interaction between the system and the interface, I guess you would say. And they really are about both what's going on behind the screens and behind the scenes and what's going on on the screen. And they're very, but typically they're very small. So they, let's say that at the, this point in the, in the, in the interaction, the user is supposed to put in their name and address. Let's just use that as an example, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, a use case scenario would go something like, uh, the user inputs their first name, and um, the system checks to make sure that it, you know there were no only alpha alpha characters were input, and then the user enters their last name and blah blah blah, and then the user enters their uh, street address and you know, and every time you know the user does something, the system does something and either check something or returns information back, right? You have this back and forth between what the user is doing and what the system is doing. And you would describe this, and that would be called a use case scenario. And it would you'd have a use case scenario for entering name and address. You'd have a use case scenario for 
um, uh, bringing up uh, the list of possible jobs uh, with filtering, right? I mean, you, the infinite number of use case scenarios that, that any particular product would have. And a part of, of you know, design and development was to make sure that you had identified all these use case scenarios and worked through them all before you, before or as you were programming. And the the problem is that th those use case scenarios involve partly what's going on in the interface, right? They they involve the user experience, and so you'd want a user experience person, you know involved in that, but then they also had all the system stuff in, which the user experience person you know, doesn't know about, didn't need to really deal with. And then you had the problem you had was that people were confusing that phrase use case scenario with what I call a scenario. So that, you know, that became a real problem, you know, so sometimes people will call what I'm calling a scenario, they call it a user story or... Uh, it just, it did, it got confusing. Because I would say, for instance, you know, well, I'd like to develop some scenarios, and they would answer, we have scenarios. We have use case scenarios. But I had a very shortcut way to find out if they really had scenarios or whether they were use case scenarios. Do you know what that is? What's that? I would ask them, if they said, we've already done scenarios, I would say, how many do you have? And they would say, like, 532. And that would tell me that they had use case scenarios <laughs> and not user scenarios. Right. Because there's no way I'm going to have 532 scenarios. Yeah. I'm going to have, like, 10. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's tough because... Because I think the reason that happens is that, is that otherwise they're not exactly, it's like, it's like, how is this useful to me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, first of all, use case scenarios, as I said, I don't know if people still use them. I'm, they, they seem to be very useful to, to the development team back then. But you're right, right? They, you mean the development team is asking, how are these right. scenarios useful to me? Right, yeah, like this is... It just right like so so on one hand they're trying to tie the company's trying to tie everyone together. Yeah. Uh but it's like it's like it's like it's so funny because that's kind of like the end goal, right? Is that you basically have like the dev team and the UX team like working in this beautiful like ballet harmony. Yes. But large parts of the UCD process completely cut out the dev team and and then and then it's switched. And vice versa. And now with agile, large parts of the agile process completely cut out the UX team. Yeah. So it's like this is it's like it's like everyone wants these two to dance together, but you know. I and I don't think that's a problem. I mean, there's lots of things that developers do that the UX people do not need to be involved in. There's a lot of things the UX people do that de developers don't need to be involved in. I mean, I think that's, I think that's okay. What's really critical are, do you have these juncture points yeah. where people are collaborating or not? And if you don't have them, if you have too many of them, 
then you're wasting everybody's time. If you don't have enough of them, uh, then you're, you know, you lose the collaboration and the communication. So, you know, and I think that's what, uh, I think that's why it's so tricky. One reason it's so tricky to come up with um, a UX process that works with Agile, but that <laughs> is absolutely another topic that we will get to one of these days. Yeah, one of these days. Um, as we continue to it's work on our on, list. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, but that, that same problem, though, is true, you know, for, for all the way through anything you're doing with UX because you're assuming that somebody somewhere along the line has to make this thing happen, yeah. right? Has to bring this thing from sketch or prototype to reality. Um, you know, you're going to have that. Now, I, I'm kind of curious about uh, what's going to happen when, you know, the machines start doing all the development. And... I mean, I think the scenarios are a great input to the machines, but um, we'll see if I'm if I'm proved. Well, of course, um, again, you're again assuming that machines aren't going to be taking over the design process as well. I do assume that. I think the machines are going to be taking over yeah. almost all of it. In which case, in which case, then uh, then it actually might be best for the machines to work in a use case scenario world. Because they can handle six hundred, they, they they can like handle all of it at the same time. I still think there'd be a place for just the scenarios, even feeding it to AI. Well, especially feeding it to AI. If I'm going to feed it, I don't I don't want to. If I'm feeding it to AI, I don't want to be deciding at all what the system's going to be doing. I I just want. You know, I'm hoping the AI will be smart enough to ask me some pertinent questions, and and you know, in, interestingly, My I think one one of the biggest challenges with AI, uh, especially if we're talking about having AI do our design and development, is going to be to figure out how to translate um, human emotions, goals, and preferences. Uh, into a language, you know, what, that there's this bridge between, you know, what people want from an emotional, uh, you know, human, non-logical point of view, right? Uh, and we had somehow have to figure out how to communicate that to a machine that doesn't understand human emotion. And that, you know, to me, that's one of the, I think, one of the more interesting challenges. And I, and I think that's why use cases, because you, because a couple of things. First, yeah, you're assuming that that a machine needs to do that, and I'm not so sure about that. Well, uh, you I, mean I'm, like because the human's going to do that? No, no. Oh my god, no. Oh, no, well, then but, what? Um. So so basically, here here's how I envision stuff. So the human says to the robot, hey, we need a website for X, right? And gives them a couple use case scenarios. Um, 
the scenarios or use case scenarios? Use case scenarios. The AI creates the backend on the fly because it's AI to fit whatever the use case scenario is that it's given. And then it goes and then at the same time instantly does like a trillion hypothetical A-B tests given the personas that it created to determine the most successful uh, one. And then it goes to a human and the human's like, oh, can you make this a little friendlier? And, and just changes the tone. And then it does it on the fly, creates the whole new backend and runs the, the, the trillion A-B tests at the say instantaneously to then come up do with you think pie. that that we will have codified what friendlier means and that might be yeah, my point is is that it doesn't it doesn't need to know it only needs to know it only needs a uh, a a testing mm -hmm. ground that's true to then run simulated a b tests with like right like, like you could have for example you could put a repository of of uh, a million hypothetical people together yeah, and each and each ones have different attributes. Yeah, and then you, and then you just run and 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 so so you have a million bots that are running in parallel on yeah. some supercomputer, and then you just run A B tests with the million bots to come up with the most successful iteration. And I should probably make that a business and create trillions of dollars. No kidding. Can we work on that? Yeah, sure. You you write that down on a piece of paper. Can I just give it to my robot? <laughs> no, unfortunately, you have to write that down. No, I, you're, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. And I, I think some of the, you know, I think some of the most interesting work in our field of, if, if we talk about our field being that this intersection between people and computers, is, is what you just described. You know, how do, how do we go about doing this? Um, so, so that, I mean, and I, you know, I'm, I'm excited and I dread it, right? I mean, how do we go about doing this so that machines can do all the design? And, and on the one hand, I'm looking forward to it because it's interesting. And on the other hand, I'm like, you know, shoot, you know, what are we all going to do? <laughs> right. What, 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 what's, you know, I mean, I think that right now, you know, I mean, I teach, I teach courses at University of Wisconsin in in the human technology interaction department uh, to people who are going to be, you know, who who are planning on having a career designing human technology interaction, and uh, and I'm not convinced there's going to be a career there for them. Oh, I think they'll be <laughs> compared to truck driver, or okay. Truck driver might go earlier, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm but just saying, are, like in the but in these the are, list of these are careers, twenty like, year olds, you know, they forty years from now. Yeah, well, 40 okay. Years from now, is there going to be a designer? No. Hey, I, you know, that's we're making a lot of assumptions that we know what the world is going to look like, and you're right. You know, know. obviously things will things will some change. things will change, some things will stay stay the same. Um. And that's All right. that's okay. Well, so hopefully I've uh, I've helped you understand a little more what scenarios are and why they're important. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So you go build the robot. <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, I'd love to hear from from uh, people about what they think about all this scenario stuff if they use them, uh, if they find them useful. So Guthrie, if someone wants to write in and tell us about this, Anything. what should they do? Oh, uh, info. Uh, oh my god. Oh my god. Email info at theteamw.com. Yeah. Uh, you can give out your Twitter if you like. We're also on Instagram. At the Brain Lady. You can go to theteamw.com and check out stuff. Yeah. Also, uh, we're booking workshops for 2018. So if you we are. Yeah, we uh, if you want to do one of our workshops on site, uh, just give us a call. Yeah, we're booking that now. We have uh, some openings, and if you uh, act fairly quickly, then you 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 might actually get me teaching it if you can get in there on the calendar before it gets too filled up with stuff um so there you have it guthrie thanks so much yep thank you as well bye bye